Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. So hi, I'm Deborah Longley, and I'm the Student Programs Manager with Military Child Education Coalition. So I want to start out by thanking HEB. HEB is making today's podcast possible. HEB makes it a priority to get involved and make a difference in the lives of friends and neighbors. HEB's Operation Appreciation is a company-wide campaign created to honor the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women who are HEB partners, customers, friends, and family. Operation Appreciation partners with organizations like the military Child Education Coalition to support U.S. troops and their families. In contributing time, talent, and financial support, HEB recognizes and appreciates the dedication and sacrifice service members make on behalf of the nation. For our listeners in Texas, check out one of your neighborhood HEB grocery stores. HEB is in the people business. They just happen to sell groceries. So can you tell me a little bit about who you are and how you and I got to know each other? Yeah. So my name is Sierra. My dad is a pediatrician in the Air Force. He's a developmentalist pediatrician. He specializes in development of children. And I've grown up moving all across the United States. And I even got to live in Germany for three years when we moved to Washington, which is where my family is stationed right now, I got involved with my new high school's student-to-student program, and that is where I heard about the Francis Hasselbein Leadership Conference, which I applied to and was accepted, and there I got to meet sweet Deborah Longley, who I love. We are such good friends. I'm so grateful for her friendship and that we've been able to keep a relationship. Um, I'm very grateful for S2S and the influence that it's had in my life. And I'm so glad that I can still be a part of it now, even though I've graduated and I'm in college. Sierra, you are now past high school. How far out from high school are you? I graduated in 2017. So it's been three years. Yep. Three years. And tell me what you've done in those three years. So I went to my freshman year of college and then I took a year and a half to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Kiev, Ukraine. And that was an incredible experience. I returned six months ago, and I've been going to school ever since then. Where are you going to college right now? I'm at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. So you're a little bit away from home right now. So tell me about a little bit about your mission trip and what you did over there. I was there for 18 months. I learned how to speak Russian while I was there and I spoke to, I did service while I was there, but our, the most important purpose was to talk to people about Jesus Christ and how they could come closer to him 
in their lives. So tell me a little bit about the people. And you said you were in Ukraine, correct? Yes. Tell me a little uh, about the people of Ukraine. I would love to, because that was literally my favorite part of Ukraine. I have never met a more generous people in my life. I cannot believe the, the stories that people would tell me and the hardships that people have gone through and just how much they've suffered. Yet, I, I just felt so loved and appreciated by people once, once I had kind of gotten past their their shell because they they definitely have a harder shell on the outside but once we had established a relationship or even strangers that I went up and I had a question or I needed help as soon as they just realized that I needed their help they were so willing to give me directions or help me learn a word in the language a lot of people who were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Ukraine would have missionaries over to their house and they would feed us and I was always so impressed by these meals that they would prepare for us, which I knew was probably the biggest meal that they had prepared all week. And that it probably was the majority of the food that they could afford and that they just decided to, to give it to us. That sounds like they're an incredibly generous people. Yeah. So I know that you're an incredibly generous person and that you were a part of S2S because of your compassion for others. How did S2S prepare you to go overseas and serve in this mission? I think the two biggest things that S2S contributed to my character development and helping me to go on a mission was becoming a service leader, well, service-centered leader, and focusing on finding the one. And I would say that I learned a lot more about how to be a leader and the key to being a leader is serving others. You cannot be a good leader without being willing to serve and having humility to put others' needs above your own. And looking for the one, I think is looking outside of yourself and looking around to seeing who is ministering to others in individual needs and helping them with what they need because it's great to do things in in big numbers i think a lot of people who have desires to serve and help they want to do big things like humanitarian things um, to populations or communities but I think what makes the biggest difference in the end are those one-on-one -on -one interactions that you have with individuals and showing them that they are appreciated and that they're valued as who they are. And I feel like that is what makes the longest difference and the biggest impact on our communities. Do you have a one story that you made a difference in one person's life in S2S? The first one that comes to mind is... I remember in high school, I was actually struggling with finding a group of friends that I felt accepted in. And it was interesting because I was involved with a ton of different clubs and organizations. I was in sports and I was in choir and um, I knew a lot of people and I had a lot of acquaintances per se, but I just felt like friendships or like really true friends were hard to come by. And so um, I was trying so hard to focus on who can I find to be my friend or like trying to find a friend group. And then I had this turning point where I realized, and I think S2S definitely helped contribute to this, where 
I realized that my efforts would be better served looking for who needs a friend, who needs my friendship, who needs a friend more than me. And I remember one day I was walking in the hallway um, at, during lunchtime and I was actually doing some work for ASB, the Associated Student Body. And I saw this girl who was sitting alone at a table and I went over and I sat next to her and I started talking to her and I asked her about herself and we became friends. And then I had to go and finish up what I was doing, but I said like, oh, I'll, I'll look for you. I'll see you around. And I continued to see her around school and I would wave at her and say hello. And I think it was the next day that I saw her sitting alone again. And so I went and sat next to her and I took her over to, after talking to her for a little bit, I took her over to meet um, a group of friends that I knew were really including. And I had her sit down and I introduced her to the other people. They just brought her in and it was awesome to just see her, just the, the difference in her face where when she was just sitting alone, she was on her phone and people could have said like, oh, she doesn't need, like she's busy, she's on her phone. Um, but I'm so glad that I went over and talked to her and that I reached out to her and I didn't just do it once, but I also looked for other times to reach out to her. And I even took the time to take her over to meet other people so that she could have some friends because I just saw this, this joy that came to her when she realized that there were people who, uh, that noticed her, that she wasn't just a ghost, but that there were actually people out there that genuinely wanted to get to know her and cared about her. So when I'm listening to your story, one of the things that you said about not trying to see who could be my friend, but looking for who needs to be a friend, I think right now people are feeling isolated. I think that's a great piece of advice and even in our world today uh, where um, people are feeling lonely they may look like they've got it all together but they may not so be their friend instead of trying to find someone to be your friend I think that is really amazing do you have a story about the one in Ukraine they're kind of just like short little clip it stories because a lot of these people I would talk to on the street and um, never see again, but some of the biggest experiences with the one on my mission were usually with these older women who, um, actually there were older men that I talked to too, who had most, a lot of their, their family, like their children had moved away to another country. Their parents or people who were older than them had already passed away. So they were completely alone. They didn't have anyone. And I think just me reaching out to them to say hello, they would just talk to me. Sometimes we would be there on the streets talking for like an hour just because they just wanted to tell me all of these things about their life and they just wanted someone to listen to them. And sometimes those conversations never turned into religion, but to me that wasn't as important as the opportunity just to be there to listen for them and for them to know that they were important, even though they didn't have anyone else in their life at that time, to be there for them, for them to feel like they had a friend or family. Have you had an opportunity to put those great listening skills to use in your college environment? Yeah, 
I think it's definitely helped me to, number one, I think I see the biggest difference in my family. I feel like my family relationships have grown so much more because I've been able to be a better listener to my siblings. And so my siblings know that they can trust me and they feel genuine. Well, they, they feel my sincerity when I, when they talk to me because I really am listening to them and I care about what they have to say. And I think in terms of meeting people at college and creating new relationships and meeting friends here, I feel like that's been something that's definitely been noticed. And people have even made comments about it to me where they just say like, I really appreciate how genuine you are. And um, that's something that to me is a huge compliment because no matter who I'm talking to, I want them to know that I am sincere and that I really do care about them. And I think listening is such an important skill to be able to show people that you are genuinely interested in them and what they have to say. Because when we're not really listening, usually people can tell. And then if you're not listening to them and they can tell that, then it's like, well, what are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking about yourself and like what you're gonna do after this conversation's over? or like what the next thing you wanna say is. And I think sometimes thinking those things, we're, we're trying to like have a good conversation, but really the, the best, I think the most important conversation skill is to be a good listener. Do you have tips for our listeners out there on how to focus in on the person speaking so that you show that genuine concern. I feel that listening is a skill that that all of us need to do better. And so what tips do you have to give our listeners? Well, my first thing I would say is that listening is definitely a skill you have to practice. I'm still practicing it (laughs) because I definitely find myself like my thoughts wandering sometimes when someone's talking to me and I'm like, oh, you got to bring it back. Like, what are they saying? Um, So things that I do the in terms of body language, which I think helps the listener feel like I'm listening and also helps me to focus is eye contact. Mm -hmm. I think eye contact is super important and helps me to be, helps me to be more engaged. The next thing I would say is more kind of internal just as you have thoughts that come in and if you find yourself getting distracted like i was saying still happens to me i would just practice on recognizing that Mm -hmm. and then trying to refocus your thoughts on what the listener is saying and sometimes for me i refocus by almost kind of repeating what the person is saying the speaker is saying in my head if that makes sense um I think another great way of, of verbalizing that you're listening and that you are understanding what the person is saying is asking questions when maybe someone says something that you don't quite understand or they get to the end of something and they're like, does that make sense? Or do you understand? And you're like, yeah. And you kind of give like a summary or some type of, usually in a question form of like, you're telling me that you feel misunderstood because your mom doesn't listen to you when you want to talk to her about going out past 10 o'clock per se. Let's say that you're talking to a friend about that. And then if when you repeat that almost in a way of a question and you give that, then number one, you're able to see they, they can say yes or no. And then 
you can see if you understood where they're coming from. And also from them, they also feel understood because they're like, oh yeah, they got it. Like they understand what I'm saying and they feel listened to. I can tell by the way you verbalize these tips that you've really practiced the skill and really thought about how to be a good listener. And I think our audience will really appreciate these tips, especially the one that says, you know, focus back, repeatedly making yourself focus back in on the conversation. So you said in our conversation just a bit ago that you had siblings. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I'm the oldest of five kids. I have one brother who's actually also on a mission right now. And um, I have three younger sisters after him. And I have met Landon and Kelsey, but I don't think I've met the other two sisters. Maybe I have. And can you tell me their names? Sadie and Carly. I don't think I've met them, but I have met the two older ones. I spent a lot of time with Landon. (laughs) I love that they've that after I was a part of S2S, that that was something that they also wanted to be a part of and that Landon got to go to Francis Hasselbein also and that Kelsey got to go to, it's called NHS, right? NTS. NTS. Yes. So speaking of Francis Hasselbein, tell me a little bit about what you remember about Hasselbein. I I remember Hasselbein being the turning point for me in wanting to be a leader because before it was always something that was like, it looked good to be a leader. But after going to Francis Hasselbein, I remember leaving and actually wanting to be a leader to make a difference and to also uh, not only for others, but also to make a difference in myself to become a better person by having those experiences and letting myself serve others through leadership positions. And I feel like since then, because of the basis that Francis Hasselbein gave me and the things that they taught, I step up in a lot more positions now to be a leader and I'm able to help gather people towards a certain purpose or a certain cause to get things done. Do you have a lesson that stood out to you? I remember Francis said that she had these tattoos and they weren't actually tattoos, but she said one said service and I don't remember what she said the other one said, but I just thought it was so funny that she said they're like so ingrained in her that they were tattoos. (laughs) Um, And I was just so inspired by her because I feel like, especially as I thought back to the experience, I feel like she really stood out for her time that Francis took the time to um, she was evolutionary in the things that she did as a leader and especially especially being a woman. And I was just so grateful for her example and that she was willing to share what she had learned with young people. And that's something that I love that the MSEC does is I feel like they really, be, they're building these students through S2S and NTS to become leaders and to look for opportunities to serve in their community and to help make the world a better place. I love that you say that because I think that is my personal mission also and that I truly believe that Frances is a servant leader and demonstrates that in everything she does and to this day she still talks about her invisible tattoos. Can you remind me what the other one says? Didn't she say there were two? Is that leadership is a matter of how to be 
and then service. I think she puts leadership as a matter of how to be, not how to do. And then serving leadership is serving others. I think those are her two. Got it. We won't get to be in person this year visiting her because of COVID-19. We're going to do Hesselbein virtually. So we'll, we're pretty excited about those opportunities. That's awesome that you're still doing it, even though COVID has definitely changed a lot of ways that things work. <laughs> it has. Have you, do you have a story of how COVID has changed things for the better that you've seen? We hear about all the other stuff, but what stories from your perspective have you seen get better because of COVID? Well, definitely a positive personally for me in my life is because of COVID, my family got to spend a lot of time together this summer, probably more time than we've had in years just because me and my siblings were pretty active in extracurricular activities. My dad is busy at work in his projects. And because of COVID, uh, my dad had to work from home and I came back from school. My brother who was leaving to go on his mission that got delayed. And so we were able to spend time at home building each other up as a family and building memories together. My parents are building a sunroom. So that was our big family project was that we are to save money. We decided to dig all the trenches in the backyard to redo the plumbing and then to dig the trenches for the foundation. And so that was like a lot of, that was a lot of work. But to me, I feel like sometimes those big projects that our family do build us together even more than just doing the fun things. So in a positive way, I feel like it's given us, it's given families an opportunity to spend more time together and to really rely on each other, especially because it's been, it's definitely been a transition. We get used to a schedule and how things are and all of a sudden for there to be social distancing and you have to wear masks and with so many things that ended up closing, I feel like sometimes it's difficult to find the positive when the things that you know just kind of seem to be falling down around you. But when you look for the opportunities that COVID does give you or like the changes mm-hmm. have given us, I feel like there, they have, there has been some positive sides to it. When I think of Sierra, I think of the family that has supported Sierra and all that she's done. And you have a pretty amazing family. I love to hear that y'all dug ditches because <laughs> together that sounds not like fun, but like a great time anyway. I think that your parents could make that fun. It was good. I, I told my dad my lesson that I learned from the summer was if you want to be able to work hard, you have to practice working hard. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That is right. You have to practice working hard. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for sharing your journey, your then and now journey with our audience. And I just thank you for your friendship, Sierra. I thank you for updating me every week when you were in the Ukraine. I looked forward to those emails. They were the highlight of my week. Um, And I just appreciate so much um, about the love that your family has even shown me, a stranger from Texas. And you're just a powerful witness to what a family journey in their faith and in 
their growing and their love for one another is to a lot of our listeners. So thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of the podcast. I can't wait for the whole audience to hear this. (laughs) I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.